did a little digging and, you know, I read that when you first started out and actually maybe for the majority of your career, like your whole like reliance of your rap career was that God would provide and that you did things for free. So yeah. how difficult was that? How, how did you eat? How, how did you, how did you survive the, the streets of New York? There, there are two ways to answer that. Cause there are two ways of looking at it. Um, uh, the, the first one was, and I have to, I have to, at the very front end of this, you know, um, uh, pay tribute to my wife, Julia, for walking a distance with me with all of that. Um, because she knew, she knew even before she was ever my girl, the guy that called me and she watched the life of faith that I had lived before we ever dated, you know? And so, you know, so she kind of knew what she was getting into before it this all, you know, before we got married and before all of this started. That's the first part. But the second part of it is, um, uh, I always tell people that whenever the Lord speaks and the Lord works out a, a deal with you or a partnership, if you will, if there's anyone that's going to uphold their end of the deal, it's the Lord. And so we knew that as long as the Lord is going to uphold the end of the deal, we could just go right along with that no matter how challenging um, the, our experiences may have been, we knew that the Lord was going to see us through those things. They were, they were very challenging. Um, for instance, we would go someplace and, you know, I would, I would do like, like speaking like 12 schools in one week, 12 schools, four juvenile detention centers, two prisons um, and a youth group. And, um, and at the end of the week, you know, they might, might, and I, I emphasize might give us $300 and they would bring in one artist for one night for a 50 minute set and pay them like $7,000. And it's like, you know, we saw as many units as that, that artist that they brought in. Um, but, the, you know, we said, you don't have to pay us, but that didn't mean please abuse us. You know, it was just that we did not want people to feel the pressure to have to pay us if it meant them giving us an opportunity to bring the good news of Jesus to people who needed to hear it. And so um, that, so the, the challenge was there, but um, the Lord has come through. The Lord came through and to this very day is still coming through, um, you know, for us in that manner. But uh, because we knew that we were not supposed to charge. Um, uh, my agent at the time, Frank Caserta, he went to be with the Lord in 2006. Um, uh, Fred got to the point where um, he was like, he says, Mike, I'm almost offended if somebody at, calls and asks me, how much will you cost? You know, he says, because we're seeing God come through. And we would go places, though, not charge, and they would, you know, financially um, bless us uh, with, with, you know, they would take care of us, and, you know, a nice place to stay and things like, things like that. And there were many times they didn't even think about it, you know, about taking care of us. But um, we got through it all, and, and you know, the, the, I think a lot of it was, and God be praised for this. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound so spiritual, you know, um, that that these, you know, we just like, you know, just popped it off of our shoulder. But um, God, God be praised that we had the spiritual maturity and the social maturity that we were able to handle the things that we were faced with when it came to. The, treat, the treatment that we were not getting or were getting, however you want to look at it. But uh, we made it. We made it. You're still here, right? 
you're, That's you're, right. you're still rapping. You, you're rapping tomorrow. Um, yeah. You know, a, a lot of a lot of people talk about or, or they get upset now when, you know, um, Christian music brings up, you know, politics or race or things that are happening. And they're like, I just just let me hear about my Jesus in the music or, you know, whatever. But like you were actually doing that, too, back in the 80s. So what kind of pushback, feedback, blowback, like were you getting back then for for talking about some of these issues, if, if any? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because um, 90 plus percent, it's hard for people to believe this, but 90 plus percent of the time that uh, my wife and I were traveling the country and other parts of the world, we were in front of unsaved audiences. Um, and so um, we did not really get an opportunity to, to experience some of that criticism that many of the rappers were getting um, in Christian hip hop. Uh, because we were in front of people who knew they were going to hell. They knew that they were in desperate situations. And at the crux of what we what we were doing as a ministry was that very thing, was to bring, you know, was, was to bring, you know, water to dry land. And, and, and so we didn't really, you know, when, when we would do juvenile detention centers, you know, I'd do four or five songs and I'd bring the gospel, but make it really relative, rel, you know, relevant and, um, you know, we were given altar calls like everywhere we went, you know, even in public schools. I did. I, I, this happened more than once. But there was one particular time I um, I spoke in a public school and, you know, just like Johnny was saying how you can't say certain things. But, you know, I, I did. I did. I spoke the word. I just didn't say where it came from. So everybody was like, yo, that was kind of deep what you were saying up there. And it's like it was scripture. But they didn't. I didn't say it was the word of God. And um. I was done with one, I was doing, done with one, doing one school and the principal who was a, a Christian, she came back up and she said, um, you know, and she said this in front of the whole student body. She said, you gave a really good story, but it didn't, you missed out on one piece. And I'm looking at her. She says, you didn't give anybody a chance to give their life to Jesus so they could be like how you are. And I went, okay. You know, and um, I went back up on the stage. There were 800 students there. I went back up on the stage. I shared the gospel. You know, the, you know, the four spiritual laws, as we used to say back in the day. I gave an altar call right there. About 150 kids came forward together like to Jesus for the first time in a public school in Detroit. Um, and so we were just always in those kind of situations. So, um, so when I would speak about, you know, those quote-unquote political issues and you know, social commentary, you know, people were connecting it, just like Johnny was saying. And and I've always had I've always had a, a bone to pick with, with with secular rappers in that way because my thing was uh, well my first my best example was when the song by Grandmaster Flash and the Fierce Five MCs came out, it was called The Message, and it, you know, and the hook was, you know, it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes you wonder how we'll keep from going under. You know, and they go go all the way through the song and everything that they said was on point. And, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm like, well, this is life in New York City, but I live the life in New York City. I know what he's talking about. It's no big deal. You know, it gets to the end of the song and it's just the end of the song. It's like, I did, I don't, I did not need anybody to tell me what life is like in New York City. I could have walked out of my front door and saw the song unfold before my very own eyes. Go to go, just get in the subway, get on the bus, and I could have seen what they were talking about. So I did not have to spend any money for that. Give me something 
uh, to, to sink my teeth into. And so that was not happening. And, you know, and just like Johnny was saying, you know, we had the answer, you know, I had the answer. And so, so whether I was in a prison, juvenile detention center, you know, um, you, you name it, working with the Crips, the Bloods, the Cholos, the Latin Kings, the El Rookins, it was always, yeah, I know what y'all are talking about. I'm feeling y'all and everything, but I have an answer for y'all above all of this nonsense. And that's pretty much how it came forth. What would you, um, when it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered by? What do you want your legacy to be? To, to be known as as a brother that understood what, what what was going on in the, you know, going on in the world or the nation, right? And um, was unapologetic about bringing the good news of Jesus Christ in response to all of it. Um, I, I wanna be, I wanna be remembered and hopefully that's what people think of me. Some say it now to me, but I wanna be remembered as the brother that, that uh, was not ashamed of the gospel could bring it, but also in such a way that it was engaging to the people listening, even to those who originally did not even wanna hear anything that I had to say.